Okay, Daniel, I need to... I need to admit something to you. What's up? So, I know we, we can... We, we sometimes tend to, to get, like, deeper into what I'm about to go into at, like, the end of the episode. But I just kind of want to get this out in the open now. Out, like, you know, out now. Um, okay. Annihilation, part two. Final part. Welcome to Sad Boys Book Club. My name's Dusty. And I'm Daniel. Um... This book was not for me. I've come to yeah. To, to I mean, feel. I I I kind of I kind of ended that way as well. Um, I mean, obviously, I was a little more vocal about it at the first part than I think you were at first. But um, I yeah, I, I it's not a bad book. I'm not I'm not gonna you know hate on it or say it's it's bad. It just uh, just didn't connect with me really. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with it. Where it's like, if like looking at it from a technical standpoint, from a writing standpoint, from a pacing standpoint, you know, all the things that make up a book, I really don't have anything negative to say about it. Um, it just didn't really didn't really hit for me in my personal preference for it. So like, it's one of those things where it's like objectively, I feel like this book is like an 8 out of 10 maybe you can make an argument if it really clicks with you it'd be like a 9 or higher for me it's like and I'm throwing my rating out right here at the start for me it's a 7 it's a 7 out of 10 for me and that's that's just purely my personal enjoyment factor of it if I had to to talk about it from a from a technical standpoint from a writing standpoint looking at it objectively as the writing itself it's closer probably like an 8 to a 9 but for an enjoyment factor it's like a 7 for me yeah yeah i it's a shame um it's everything about it should have worked for me you know everything about it seemed you know pretty interesting it seemed pretty you know like like the setup and the genre and like all all, ever all the stuff seemed like it was it was going to be something that i would like but just for reasons that are that we could probably we'll probably talk about as we get into it and also reasons that I can't fully put my finger on. I, it just didn't really work for me. Yeah. I, I do... One thing that I will say that I liked about it... Um, I liked... Uh, I, yeah, I kind of said this kind of a second ago. But I liked the pacing, honestly. I, I thought it was very well paced. And I did like... I thought that the way that, that Vandermeer kind of cut in with the flashbacks or um or like the segues and all that i thought it fit really well and they did a really great job of kind of contextualizing the um for lack of better term present day story that was being told Mm -hmm. so it, it did a great job of framing what she was going through in area x and having some situation that happened to her prior either um with her husband or with her her job prior to meeting her husband that did a great job of kind of having a bit of a of a for lack of a better term a real world metaphor to what she was dealing with inside of area x and i like that i thought you know it was really well done like vandermeer did a great job and i did find those bits entertaining but i i think it's i think for me personally what kind of hurt my personal enjoyment of it i really need to stress my enjoyment it's it's once again it's nothing about the book specifically it's just my response to the book that is i guess the problem um was i 
guess I just never really truly got invested in the story that was being told. Uh, the mystery was there, and it was engaging. Um, the twists were there, and they were good. But it's it's kind of like you said, it, it should have worked for me, like for what I'm into and what I like. Uh, but I guess it was just the perfect storm of things that I like coming together to make something that I didn't like. I don't know, it's very weird. I, I didn't hate it. it I, I'm giving it a 7. Like, you know, I, I gave... I gave Light Lark a six, and I'm like, man, that book was fun. I enjoyed the hell out of it, and I gave that a six. So, like, you know, I gave The Stranger a seven. It's just kind of one of those things, you know. A seven is to me is not maybe what it is to someone else. It's not an indictment. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. I think part of it might be that I think the the uh, it's it, it was hard really for me to get super invested in in the characters maybe that's part of it i don't know i i I can understand that i for me the lack of character with the characters was not a deterrent um obviously the only real in-depth look we get with anybody is the biologist and her husband everyone else is about as much as we see of them because it's all told through the perspective of the biologist so it's understandable that what we get for the other uh three um scientists is not really anything more than just that surface level one-dimensional view that they show to the biologist in the couple of days that they spend with her all things considered so that's that's fine i don't have an issue with the characterization personally but it didn't it didn't hurt the book for me but it didn't help it either so it was just kind of a I will say indifference to to Vandermeer's credit. Um, I did say at first, uh, especially when we were discussing those first two chapters, that the biologist was essentially a nothing character. Um, there wasn't a lot going on there. I think he did in the last the last part of the book. He especially he you know he really fleshed out that character. So I mean, there's nothing inherent. There's like no law. Of, of, of writing that mean that that says that you need to especially front load um, the, your characters I mean it's okay to develop them as they go along but one of the the pitfalls and maybe why it didn't quite click for me was because there was there was just not a lot for me to grab onto with really any of the characters because let's let, let's think about some of the other books that we've read um, for example, you know house of leaves a very it's i think that is probably the most apt comparison of all of the books that we've read i mean maybe you can think of other ones but house of leaves like immediately the characters are very vivid they're very um three-dimensional they're very realized you know like every every character you care to name you know zampano you know johnny truant um karen Navidson, you know, every but all of those characters are all very real and very vivid. You know, there's there's a bunch of different um, characteristics of them, and likes, and you could pretty much get most of of their characterization within a few pages of meeting them. Um, and that really wasn't the case necessarily with this book. Um, like through through the end, it's you know there's. And there, there could be something to be said for like, I mean, 
House of Leaves is a lot longer than this. Like section we we did sections of House of Leaves that were the length of this entire book. Um so I mean perhaps it is not a truly fair comparison, but do you kind of get you kind of know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. No, I I get you. But yeah, it's you know, it's I think it's it's uh there's a lot of good things about the book. I think like you said, I think that the twists are interesting and the mystery like all of these things are kind of interesting to me in the abstract but there's just something about his specific execution that just didn't quite land um but i think i think i think we've covered that maybe if we have other thoughts about that we can uh hit them as we as we go along through the book maybe it's it's the um the the way in which the story is told because uh something that we we get definitive answers to at at the very end of the book is that we are reading her journal this is 100 percent her journal Mm -hmm. um and she says you know i've been i've been i she says i I spent the last four days uh recounting everything that's happened to me into this journal that you're now reading yada 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 i'm gonna go do, do this do this yada yada um and that's like the end of the book so it is very much it's it's i I, we talked about it last time um it's it's been like what three weeks so i've I've forgotten once again what it's called when it's first person and it's done in a journal style uh epistolary epistolary thank you um so yeah we can confirm 100 percent that it, it is her journal it's not just some stylistic like it's like it's a journal, but it's not. It's still like an omniscient first-person retelling that's done in a style of a journal. But no, it absolutely is 100% her journal we're reading. So um, maybe it has something to do with that. Because the way that you tell a story with that form of uh, point of view, it severely limits what the reader is, what, what kind of knowledge the reader has access to and what framing the story is told through. Because it all has to be done through the narrator, which in this case is somebody who we only get their perspective their perspective on and we only get their interpretation of the events we can try and extrapolate from that like if, for example we can try and pull more from the crawler her her interactions with the crawler in chapter five uh than how she uh describes it to us but at the end of the day we are kind of pigeonholed into what she saw based on how she understands what she saw and how she understands the situations that she's been uh, put in. So it kind of, I, I guess it kind of narrows, um, not necessarily interpretation, but it narrows the scope in which you can interpret. You know what I mean? So maybe that's yeah, why. Yeah, I can see that. Um, I, and I think that's one thing that, for example, um, Dracula, which, again, we definitely need to do, um, does in a better way because you get different perspectives from different like there's just so many different perspectives that you're encountering as you're reading it um i think that's that that maybe there's something to what you're saying and you know maybe that that gives us a more well-rounded look at the at the the situation at hand whereas this is as you're saying just just the, the the views and reflections of one person um especially given her her sort of uh vantage point of the world you know yeah so i, I kind of want to break the mold a little bit and like not do this in a more traditional uh, sad boys kind of 
structure that we've been covering books recently because I just don't really feel like this one has really fit that. I Because I, similarly, I feel like if you look at how we've been covering books uh, this year, uh, there's been a pattern on how we do it, but the exception to that has been House of Leaves, which, you know, was our first one, so we were still kind of, like, you know, finding our, 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 our format and our style, which I'd argue we still kind of are, but um, it, it feels like from Leviathan Wakes through The Shining, we had, like, a pretty set kind of structure that we followed week to week on how we just kind of covered the book, and I we kind of did last week as well, and I just, I can't help but feel like that's not going to fit this book that, that, that well, so I kind of want to fall back into our house of leaves style of doing this and i just kind of want to i just want to blitz through the plot and maybe talk about the kind of themes and ideas a little more than just and then this happened and then this happened and then this happened so like to just really kind of wrap it really quickly um the general plot uh more or less i'm gonna skim the hell out of this this is like the spark notes of the spark notes um Chapter 3 is basically about her deciding to go... Uh, we left off when we, Where we left off at the end of the chapter 2, she has left the surveyor at the base camp, and she's heading to the lighthouse to try and find the um, psychologist, because the psychologist left them for dead inside the tower. So, it's her going to the lighthouse, chapter 3 is, and she's experiencing Area X as a biologist, and it's... it's I, I do like the, the walk to the lighthouse. I, I love the way that Vandermeer was describing Area X... The, um, the way that nature kind of had reclaimed wh whatever that area used to be in terms of civilization. That was really good. Um, the way that her sentence... I, I will say, I don't I don't want to like derail us, but just maybe put a pin in this idea. That was a strong moment, and that's kind of what Vandermeer is strongest at when he's in the book. You know, is describing that kind of stuff. Yeah, and I really like the flashbacks too. I like the, I like the, the story that was told with the flashbacks and her kind of her day-to-day -day stuff. But it, it was I, I do like that section getting to the lighthouse. She gets to the lighthouse, and I do I I do love the tension. I like chapter three. I thought chapter three was good. Uh, the the tension that was created, building up uh, the the threat, the uh, the unseen unknown threat of the lighthouse that seemed to be on the surface. You think it's the psychologist, but you feel like there's something deeper, something more unsettling, something more. Um, I don't want to say. Um, Lovecraftian, but in a similar kind of vein, there's some deep under the surface threat that's adding tension to the lighthouse when she gets there, and when she's navigating it, she's you know clearing all the rooms. Uh, she sees the bloodstains on the wall, the shell casings that, uh, the bullet casings that are you know all over the floor that have also kind of been swept aside, and she goes up to the top and uh, she finds the trap door that has all of the journals from. Uh, the previous expeditions, which is way more than 12. It, it accounts for way, way, way more than however many people would be there for the 12. And that was a nice twist. That was a great twist that it was like, okay, you know, we've been, we've, we've had this idea that maybe the Southern Reach is not giving them good info, and the psychologist has been one of the, the bigger smoking guns of that. The psychologist is in on something uh, more with the Southern Reach. We can suspect that there's more going on than meets the eye da 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 um and th this this journal pile was great and i i know when i was reading it and she was like and i opened it and there was a pile of journals and it looked exactly like mine my first thought was oh god where's her husband's it's got to be in there and it was yeah uh so she grabs it she doesn't read it but she you know she does a lot of reading she spends a lot of time in there doing that and then when as she's getting ready to leave she goes and looks out over the uh 
Yeah. Oh, well, actually, the the light the light keeper picture is important too. She finds a picture of the previous uh, lighthouse keeper, and she she pockets the picture, and she feels like she's not the first one to do that, and she won't be the last person to put it back when she eventually does. Seems like some sort of ritual that she's found herself kind of stuck in, uh, that she's doing like almost subconsciously. Um, but then also the lighthouse is really fortified. There's like there's a wall on the seaside. There's like a wall on the the island side. Uh, there were there were like siege um, defenses for the lighthouse, and that's kind of led to you know like I said it kind of builds a lot of tension. And when she goes and looks out over the lighthouse, she looks down and she sees the um, the body of the psychologist on the beach. Uh, and that's where the present day storyline ends in chapter three. I think also in chapter three is when we get the. I think that's when we get the flashbacks of her her college job where she had the grant where she was going out to the to the bay and she had the um, the the tidal pools. Yes. Yeah, and I, I really like that bit with her going to the tidal pools, and it's her just kind of getting into her work. She's kind of, she's ostensibly she's living her life through the tidal pools like the, the creatures and the, the sea life the the whatever the aquatic life that exists inside the tidal pools and she's spending all of her time there she's um kind of going away from what her grant is supposed to be and she she understands that this is a uh a fleeting uh temporary setup and so she's just kind of trying to enjoy it while she knows it's 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 you know to 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 quote uh, a great line from the finale of the office i wish i'm gonna paraphrase it because i don't remember exactly what it was it was andy he says something like um i wish you knew that you were in the good old days while they were happening and uh it seems like she's aware of that so she's just kind of like trying to pull the most out of this that, even though she knows that it's it's going to end eventually um that was a good scene i really liked that one we get another scene with her and her husband and how her husband calls her ghost bird because she's always not really fully there with him even when she is um i really like the 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 way I, that he i still think that's kind of a whack nickname though I, I i gotta be real here that that's a whack nickname yeah i mean you know i i ain't gonna judge it too bad but i've I, you know i've heard better and i've heard worse but you know it, it's it's their dynamic so I, I can at least appreciate the uniqueness of it but i i do that's like fair. I do like the way that he wrote her relationship with her husband. I feel like it um, is a great way of showing how a relationship can break down, not because of external issues and not because of like cheating or, you know, anything, any like stereotypical relationship, kind of like, you know, drama breaking down, like, oh. You know, wait no i can explain oh no you are a bad person but if you take the 30 seconds to explain it's like oh okay i understand i'm not mad at you after all none of that nonsense it's just kind of two people that are in love with each other but they're not in love with each other in the way that is going to be compatible for them long term and they're slowly starting to figure out that. yeah i was gonna say they may love each other but they're not really right for each other yeah and they're they're alive it's and... like it's like the quiet breakdown it's it's not it's not like a like a big dramatic like conflagration you know screaming match throwing plates at each other kind of like breakdown it was it's just like you're you're slowly seeing two people kind of coming to the realization 
that they are in an, uh, an untenable situation. It's like the ground is kind of like washing away out from under them and they're kind of being swept away by different streams. Yeah, they're trying to fight the the tide as it's coming in, but there's nothing they can do about it. Yeah. Or, I don't know, maybe not trying to fight completely. I, I, she's, it seems like she's weakly fighting. Like, no, don't. She's kind stop. of checked out a little bit. Yeah, but, but that, that's that's kind of her her want is her like is being a little bit emotionally checked out. Yeah, which you were saying earlier that you know you you thought that she was a nothing character in the first two chapters, and I would argue that she is still a nothing character by the end of the book. But we get the context of her being a nothing character, which is which enriches her nothingness. If that makes sense. That makes sense. I guess I guess that that that's kind of fair to say, but. Yeah, that that it's just like where whereas it was kind of like a it felt it felt like a weakness of the writing and maybe it is maybe it isn't I I'm, I'm not one to judge in this particular instance but I it what what felt like a like a kind of a flaccid and uninteresting character um he he comes through on this on the back end and he kind of like you get a lot more context for her and a lot more appreciation for why she is the way she is you know that kind of thing yeah and so chapter four uh the general plot of it is her making it back to the base camp from the lighthouse after interrogating the psychologist uh once again i'm just going to really quickly skim this and then we can maybe talk a little more about some of the details the general plot is she she interrogates the psychologist before she dies and then uh makes her way back to the base camp before having a fatal encounter with the surveyor who has now not necessarily gone mad but has a situation that has caused her to not trust her at all even more uh so she has to kill the surveyor and then it's just kind of her the 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 present day chapter ends with her back at the base camp and just basically planning her next move um i'm trying to remember what the i I do want to throw out here that the surveyor has noticed the changes um in the biologist that that have been brought on by the the spore infestation thing she mentions she mentions that she's what did she say did she say like you're on fire or something like that or you're glowing or I, it was There's one of the, it was something like that so the point so the, that and that that's kind of one of the things that we you know with the weakness of of the uh, single perspective epistolary format here um she seems relatively non-committed like she'll occasionally remark on some certain things or she'll be like, I don't know if the reason I did that was because of the spores or not. You know, she'll say things like that, but she doesn't really remark on her uh, specific physiological or behavioral or those. Well, outside of what I meant, just said, you know, she doesn't really she doesn't really mention a lot of her changes. But crucially, um, in her interactions with the psychologist who tried to use a code word to get her to kill herself uh which is where we get annihilation from uh and and also the way that the uh surveyor uh reacts to her presence it's 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 fair for us to interpret that the the biologist is looking no longer fully human yeah and we do get we do get um a start of of that that transformation in chapter three as she's making her way to the um to the lighthouse so it's um you know 
it, we we get we get more of it building in chapter four and a little more in chapter five as the story progresses. Uh, but yeah, she is starting to mm-hmm. transform into something that is affected by Area X, and I don't know if it is one hundred percent from the spores that she inhaled in the tower, or if it's a combination of that as well as just the effect that Area X has on people in general. Because I can believe it's a little bit of both at this point. I suspect that it is the spores are acting as a as a catalyst or an accelerant in the process, but it is the inevitable result of of being in Area X. Mm-hmm. because of the way you well I, I just want to throw out there's there's things there's certain bizarre fauna um, that exist in area X so there's like a, a dolphin that has human eyes um, which may or may not be her husband we, we might circle back to that um, when she is returning from the lighthouse she is pursued by this bizarre creature that has a human head and a, a, a not particularly well described but very certainly very bestial um, carapace and, and body um, but again like there's like a human she's her first indication of it is like a like the the skin of like a human face that she sees on the that she looks like it's growing out of the ground but she she determines is like that it was molting this creature um and there's 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 another one um well well we that we can we'll get to that later i guess but like that that all that to say i think what has happened to those people or those creatures is kind of happening in some form or fashion to her uh as we see her in three four and five yeah and so, like, her conversation with the psychologist, I, I feel like, is very frustrating. Because it's, it's, it's like you get, you get a couple of answers, but you're left with more questions. Uh, it, it, she knows a lot more than she's willing to give out, and we don't really get a huge amount from her in general. Um, other than just kind of the fact that she is changing, and she's becoming something that is existing inside of Area X. Um and is no longer really truly human and one thing i do find really interesting is the the fact that uh she saw her coming uh the psychologist saw the biologist coming uh from a distance in the lighthouse which is something that she was thinking about as she was approaching she was like man if i'm 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 absolutely a visible target right now and uh the psychologist was basically compelled to not be able to pull the trigger and ran and jumped off of the lighthouse out of a fear of her coming for her, which I just find kind of funny, honestly. Yeah. It it honestly yeah, it, it was it was kind of like a dark comedy kind of situation there. Yeah, it reminds me honestly of um, the the um, situation that Jack was thinking about in The Shining with the the hornet's nest. The, it, he's lucky that it ha- he, he this happened to him in the winter and not during the summer because of the whole idea of when you are getting stung by hornets on a roof, you're not thinking about the 80-foot drop, the 70-foot drop, whatever it was that you're about to plunge off of. You're just thinking, get away from this as fast as possible. And so you end up falling well, 70 feet. You're exactly right. And uh, with like with the, um, the, the journals that she encountered it reminded me very much of like the the cachet of, of of documents that he 
that uh, Jack uncovers uh, in the boiler room there. So um, I, I was I I, I, th- I think that comparison. It's it's interesting that we were both thinking, uh, <laughs> still thinking about uh, The Shining while we were reading this book. Yeah, and you know, um, I'm pretty confident that the um, the spores from the writing on the wall that the crawler writes is a um, a primordial variant of the proto molecule, which means that this book is also a prequel to Leviathan Wakes. <laughs> So, so once again, um, the SBUL continues. Uh, <laughs> or SBLU. I don't know if I said that first or not. Does it UL or LU? Uh, you, you, you cut out a little bit, so I couldn't quite tell, but I knew what you're saying. The SBLU, the Sad Boys Literary Universe, it exists and it continues. You know, honestly, it it, it is pretty similar to the proto molecule in terms of its of its uh, form and function. Not exactly the same, but it is eerily similar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I was I was pretty disappointed with with the psychologist thing. I mean, it, it, it tracks. This is not me saying it sucked. Like the writing sucked. It was just one of those things where he's like, ah, damn it! Why couldn't you give me more answers, please? The but, thing is, <clears throat> there's this quote. Speaking of Stephen King, and I forget where he wrote it. It was in some magazine. But it was quoted in the video game Alan Wake. Um, Nightmares exist outside of logic, and there's very little fun to be had in explanations. They're antithetical to the poetry of fear. And I think that's kind of what he was going for, is like that idea of like giving... And that's kind of true of like that that style of uh, like weird fiction, you know, that, that sort of Lovecraftian thing, like giving you just enough but you know to to really tantalize you but not really digging too far into the specifics um or obscuring in the case of lovecraft deliberately obscuring the specifics um but again i just there was just something the execution just didn't hit for me and so and so instead of it being like a uh, making it more mysterious or more scary or titillating or, or or whatever you know that that uh, that you can say about a king novel or some of the works of uh, of, of lovecraft um you know it was just i was kind of more in, in your boat where you're just kind of like okay i really just i i don't know what's going on here and it's kind of frustrating me a little bit and maybe yeah. maybe that's on me maybe i didn't read it well enough but i, I feel like if we both kind of came away with that feeling maybe there's something to it yeah and i i do feel like i i don't really feel like we should take anything that the biologist says as absolute fact i think it's kind of a little bit of obfuscation because she is trying to still find a way to even in her dying moments if not kill um disrupt the biologist i know initially she she's trying to shout she shouts out annihilation annihilation and those are apparently uh, kill words for um, the the psychic uh, manipulation, the hypnosis. Uh, annihilation mm-hmm. is supposed to be a, a trigger to cause whoever hears it to shoot themselves in the head, basically. And because she has been able to be broken out of the hypnosis because of the spores, it has no effect on her. But she does find on the psychologist um, a sheet of paper that has all of the all of the the triggers on it, which I thought was kind of funny. 
that was kind of like an amusing like there was it's been too long since i've i've read the, I, I i'm gonna pull the curtain back here this this episode is coming out quite a bit after the first one um because of a a, a bout of ill health on on my part um so my memory of these uh chapters is not as fresh as it probably could or should be um so you know there, there was there was a couple though that for anybody that may be interested in this book or possibly has read this book you might remember it was there there was a few that were kind of like uh, darkly amusing yeah um i think i think the only real bit we get um in terms of her flashback is just the the story of her husband telling her that he's gonna join the expedition and how it's like she's kind of mad she's mad at him but she doesn't really do much to, to stop him at the same time and it's I, I don't know I think it's a combination of uh, how she is also kind of understanding the futility of the relationship and how they both kind of checked out and are just kind of going through the motions but kind of slowly approaching an exit uh, and also just kind of her remarkably antisocial nature it just kind of causes her to she's mad but she doesn't really act on any of her emotions externally which you mm -hmm. know is maybe one reason why he decided to take the the expedition in the first place so i don't know but yeah not, not a huge amount going on there uh i, I don't know how deep i want to talk about the trip back to the surveyor because like there's moments where where she like finds a, a mask that she thinks is an actual human face at first, but it's a mask, but it might be a, been made of human flesh. Yeah, I, th I think in my description, my my, my I, I covered it enough. Yeah, and then like the whole her being chased by the the creature that was making the howling noises that we heard uh, throughout chapter one and two. Uh, fun little action sequence. Not really a lot going on other than it's just her dealing with the 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 threats that exist in a in a physical sense inside of area x um but i think the more important bit is just her final encounter with the surveyor because the surveyor it it that she encountered the anthropologist right like it was like she encountered the anthropologist and had to kill her or something like that am i remembering right um i thought the anthropologist was already dead yeah that's kind of the the thing about it yeah the she had left a note saying the anthropologist tried to come back but i took care of her so as she's she's kind of making her way she's almost to the base camp and i love i love how she has a spider sense at this point because <laughs> she just kind of gets this kind of like a you know she gets a little peter tingle and she dodges to the side and so she only gets shot like oh it's either like in the side or in the shoulder <coughs> and her um her spider-like reflexes and spider strength and spider agility allow her to essentially roll down into a into a ditch uh as the surveyor comes up and is shooting at her and she's like i uh, i see you for what you are you're not human anymore you're coming for me ah i'm gonna take you out before you take me out eh. um basically just kind of it's not so much that she went crazy, I don't think. I think there might be a little bit of mania involved, but I think a lot of it is just because she has come to see the changes that Area X brings. She's finally seeing it. Maybe it's because the um, the the psychologist is dead that maybe the hypnosis is broken or something. I, I don't know. This is speculation on my part. But basically, she sees the biologist as more of a threat than she was before, and now she's trying to kill her. 
and feels really anticlimactic because the surveyor used to be in like the army or the marines or something i forgot what and she gets tricked with the 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 biologist crawls around to try and flank her and then throws like slops off a little handful of mud which causes the surveyor to poke her head up and then she shoots her in the head and i'm like well that was anticlimactic i was expecting a little they said she was in the military they didn't say she was good at the military i mean fair she didn't win a seal when she was in army i'll tell you that much yeah so that's the surveyor taken out now now the biologist is the only one left uh i, I don't know there's really not really much to say other than it's just kind of the area axis has really fractured this group and turned them all against each other and forced the biologist to do something that she didn't necessarily want to do but had to do it was it was a her or me kind of situation so whatever i can't really blame her for it but when she gets back to the base camp it's trashed uh the the surveyor went crazy on it and uh she yeah she finds she a went note. turk and tantor style uh, she went ah <laughs> uh, that was my favorite level in the video game trash in the camp what a what a what a fun game i know a lot of people hated it but it was my first n64 game and i love it to death anyways great, great song also yeah yeah Shoo-bop, yeah. great soundtrack shout out to phil collins um anyways uh yeah it's it's trashed and yeah she finds a note that basically says that the anthropologist tried to come back and she took her out which is something that uh we'll get into a little more in chapter five uh so yeah i think that's one reason also why she didn't trust the biologist anymore either because it's like we know that we found her body the anthropologist we know she's dead so now she's coming back and i had to take her out so basically it became a survival according to the surveyor as i as i'm interpreting it it became a situation of survival to where she could trust nobody except for herself she could rely on nobody except for herself and any living thing was a threat to her which she created that reality because I don't think the biologist would have tried to kill her at all. But because she tried to kill the biologist, the biologist had to kill her in order to save herself. So she kind of created her own villain in that regard out of the biologist. So self-fulfilling prophecy, I guess. Um, I guess I, mean, I, I guess it's worth men- mentioning there were some weird growths on the psychologist that she took a sample of. And when she gets back to the base camp, she tests the samples. And it's like, it's th- they're human cells. I... <laughs> So it not I I don't know it's not really much to say other than the samples that she's taking they're all looking human. The uh, the idea of like area X it's it has all these weird freaky mutations but when we're looking at them we see that there's there's like a, a fundamentally uh, human element to it and I, maybe there's a maybe there's something there about uh, like like the idea of how how you know humans uh, I don't know impact and and irrevocably alter the, the the environments into which they come in contact with I, I, that might be something that he was kind of playing at here yeah and that kind of wraps us with with chapter four um yeah all the samples she has are basically human samples and um now we're into chapter five the final chapter and it's it's she basically spends the, the next day just kind of wasting time because she knows she has to go back down to the tower but she's just kind of doing everything she needs to do 
before doing that and just really trying to, to draw it out because it's not that she's afraid of going down to the tower. I think it's because there's some sort of sense of finality to it and she's just kind of like over-preparing but also just like mentally preparing so she's just she's she's eager but not reckless i guess maybe but yeah but like yeah we get we get the final bits uh, i'm just gonna lump all the flashbacks here as i can we get more of her her time during her college grants where she's goes down to the life pools um, and there's, I, I do really enjoy the bit about the, um, the starfish that she finds. That was a really nice little bit. And the way that, the way that it does kind of wrap around it, this, this specific, specific bit about the starfish is told when she encounters the crawler in the tower. Um, and I do love the way that it, it does, like I said earlier, how the flashbacks are used to kind of recontextualize what's going on with her in area X. And I think that adds a lot to her encounter with the, the crawler, which I guess we can get into later. Um, yeah, another some more interactions with her husband, which gives some more context to the, her husband's journal that she finally reads, and we learn about what happens with the husband. Um, and I, I don't know, I really like the husband's story. I, I thought it was more interesting than hers, if I'm going to be completely honest. But What did you find more interesting about him and that, that story? Uh... I just I liked the the situations that he kind of found himself in because in the in the journal he talks about how he he was in a group of eight they all ended up splitting up once they got to the lighthouse I love how they find the tower and they don't really like do much with it there's I think there's a couple that decide that they want to go down I think four of them go down in there uh but then like two of them go off to go do something else and then him and the I forgot which which scientist was with with the husband it doesn't really matter uh, they go off to the lighthouse and they travel north of, north from the lighthouse and they're following the coast like I guess what they were originally supposed to do the the group of four in Expedition 12 uh, and they keep going and going and going and going and going for a week uh, and they they find an island that they can't get so then they come they work their way back and it takes four days and they find just carnage in the lighthouse they find the the dying uh, body of one of the other ones who's like threatening them because he's one he's like the surveyor he's basically thinks that they're gonna try to kill him and he's telling them some things and then but like the the really cool thing i i found from their their uh their story is when they get back they go to the tower and they're kind of scoping it out because they see um i think it's like they see someone go into it and they're waiting for them to come out but then eventually what happens is they yeah they see no, 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 no. What it was was they saw seven clones of them. It, all of them except for the psychologist. They see a clone of them, including the two of them, the husband and the other scientist that he's with. They see a clone of the two of them as well in that group of seven go down into the tower and like a beacon of light shoots out of it. And... Um, I'm gonna go a little more into an idea that I think what at the bottom what's at the bottom of the tower when we get to that with the the biologist, um, but I am dead set, hundred percent, no ambiguity, no other interpretation. I am, I'm I'm dropping the hammer on this. The the person that came out of Area X, anytime somebody it, it was reported that somebody just apparently quote unquote left Area X just wandered off and made it back to to the real world and back to their families including her husband the husband that she found and 
if you want to be real, possibly maybe raped after she gave him a shower and sat him down and called the 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 Southern Reach police on to come and pick up because she realized that he wasn't really her husband anymore. Those are the clones. Those are the clones that went down into the tower. It was not her actual husband. And she agrees with me. She agrees with me. She says as much in the book. She says as much in the book that her husband is still in Area X at the end of the book. Um, the, it's the clones. The clones are the ones that come back. That's why they're changed because it's not really them. It is a it is a copy of them. And that was interesting. Yeah, a very, a very loose facsimile. Yeah. And I don't think... Because they're waiting to see them leave the tower. And they never did. As far as they were watching, they never left. They never saw them leave the tower, and I don't think they left the tower. And I'll get more into that with the biologists going down it. Um, but yeah, I thought the husband's story was interesting. He he ends it by saying that he's going to keep trout. He, he leaves his his journal, and all, I love how he's writing his journal as if he's writing it for the biologist, um, which was a nice little touch. And it shows that it shows his love for her, and it's that's nice. I like I, I like kind of like how they, I like how he wrote their dynamic, where it's like they love each other, but they're in a doomed relationship. But, you know, you see his love for her despite who she is. Um, or who she's not, really, if uh, we want to get a little more into that. But, uh, yeah, he's, he's going to keep going north, and he's going to try and go to that island. He's going to try and repair a boat and go to that island. Uh, and that's kind of where he leaves. He, that's where he leaves his journal in the pile and goes off for that and hopes that she finds it. Uh, and we get also a bit before he left to go on the expedition – He's talking to her, and he asks her if she will promise him that if he doesn't come back, she will go look for him. And I'm like, yeah, I I, I like the husband character. I I, I like the the way that they wrote him, how they set him up, and how he kind of leans on her, even though she doesn't give him a reason to with the way that she is. So, like, I don't know. I, I I thought the bits with the husband were good. I liked them. I, you, you're kind of talking me into it. Well, like after she kind of, you know, has her her time, I guess, uh, with delaying, she decides it's finally time to go to the tower. Uh, something I was thinking about, and it's it's something that kind of shows how much she truly has changed. She was shot, I think, like at least once for sure, maybe twice by the surveyor. She was shot by a gun, like you know, it's it, it's it it's 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 nothing minor like it doesn't matter where you're shot if you're shot with a gun you're gonna be in a bad way but in the time in between her getting back to the base camp and her going to the tower which is maybe a day and a half i think she sleeps twice so it's like two nights in one day um her wounds have healed enough for her to basically be okay they're they're just a dull throbby ache at that point and they're not inhibiting her they never were inhibiting her uh during her scuffle with the surveyor but she's basically fine now, and it's like, yeah. Well, that's she also not she also human. mentions that that part of like the uh, the the wounding, kind of like slowed down or even slightly reversed her transformation. That is one of the few things she kind of mentions. She she mentions um, like the 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 possibility of of trying to keep her her for as long as possible might include deliberately injuring herself over and over again so that she has to sort of regenerate that that kind of it slows down like i said she kind of says that it slows down or even reverses the weird transformation yeah but so now we're, we're approaching the end here more or less kind of there's still most of the chapter left but in terms of the actual plot it's her going down to the tower 
going down as far as she can, especially, you know, including her encounter with the crawler. And then she goes back up, writes her, writes, spends some days in the lighthouse writing her journal, leaves it on the pile, and then proceeds to go north after her husband. Not after her husband specifically, but just kind of after and that. So that's kind of like the rest of the book. Uh, but to kind of dig a little more deeper into it, um, her expedition down in the tower one last time is kind of interesting, but I really only kind of want to talk about two things about it, unless you have something else you want to talk about, and that's her encounter with the crawler and the endless hallway going downstairs. The five and a half minute hallway? Yeah. Uh, you know what I'm, I'm thinking about uh, that really reminds me of is that hallway, the staircase going down in Silent Hill 2. And it, it being a, um, a it's it's it being like, I think it's like timed. I don't remember if it's how they programmed it in in the game. If it's you go, I think I think it's a timing thing. I think you're you have to be in the hallway for a certain amount of time before the stairs finally end. So you can stand mm -hmm. there for like however long it is, and then run down, and it's not that long of a staircase. But if you just continuously run down, it seems like an endless staircase. I could be wrong. It's been a long time since I've played Silent Hill 2. Uh, but it reminded me of that 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 bit. And what a great bit that was in, in that game. Uh, yeah. But yeah, her, her encounter with the crawler is interesting, to say the least. Um, I really liked the way it was written. It was very vivid. Uh, it was very interesting. And I have a theory as to why she survived her encounter with the crawler as opposed to the anthropologist who did not. Lay it on me, Jack. I think the fact that she had the picture of the lighthouse keeper in her pocket is what saved her. Mm. Because as I understand it, I don't want to go too deep into the, the, the what's and how's of what happened because it's it really is kind of a lot, even though it's not a long section of basically her... It's the, the, the... It is kind of the equivalent of the Stargate sequence in 2001, kind of. Yeah, I'd say that's a pretty fair comparison. A lot of light, a lot of pain, a, lot, a, a, a metaphor of drowning in, like, literal drowning underwater, but in light, which I thought was really good. Um, I thought it was a good section. I enjoyed it. Uh, but the, the fact of the matter, to kind of, like, not really go too deep into it, is the crawler sees her, pulls her into its essence, more or less, and judges her, finds her um, a, I guess an acceptable uh entity uh she does not fail and he it does not kill her but it shoots her out past it and further down the stairs um it was a good section and this is this is like i said where uh we have the the flashback of her to talking about going back to the tidal pools while she was drunk and seeing the starfish and being transfixed by it as it was flowing through it and that's kind of what the crawler is and how it doesn't have any defined shape and she's wondering if it's kind of if what how she's seeing it as it's coming in and out of essentially existence in front of her uh whether or not she feels like if it's she if it's her eyes playing tricks on her or if it's if it is making her it, it is creating an illusion in her mind of what she sees it was a, it was an interesting section i liked it clearly something about her is deemed i don't want to say worthy um worthy of not being murdered i guess uh by the crawler and she's allowed to ostensibly pass and now she's on the other side of it and can continue further down into the uh the tower um i guess i i guess most of what i want to talk about the, about the crawler is going to have to be on the return trip because it's going to involve me going into the lighthouse keeper uh but then as she it continues going down the staircase stops spiraling and becomes 
just a downward staircase and she realizes that they have this the stairs have the same like width and and kind of make and feel as the stairs in the lighthouse which i have a theory about that too um but as she's walking down she sees like a it's a doorway that's kind of like of a hazy light and as she's getting further and further down it she's starting to kind of feel a physical kind of toll on her and it's she ends up stopping and sitting there and she realizes that walking down the steps even though it's a she estimates it about five to six hundred steps left and she's walking down these stairs in the in the straight down after it, it becomes this this straight narrow hallway of staircase she's walking down it for like an hour or two i want to say and she's almost to the bottom at this point like she's like i said she only has like five or six hundred steps which is a lot but not as relative as to what she's already come you know yeah and she realizes that because she's already kind of gotten sick uh going down it she realizes that she will not survive these final steps it there there is some force that's being exerted on her the further down she goes and she will die before she makes it to the bottom so she makes the decision to turn around and head back out and that kind of gives her some relief um i have a theory about this hallway uh i Hmm. i it, it shares a the way that she describes that kind of doorway of hazy light at the bottom is very similar i if i remember right how she described the the barrier in which they entered area x when she turned around to look back Hmm. so i do think it is somewhat of an exit to area x and i do think that is how the clones leave area x is through that door um as to it being similar the staircase to the lighthouse i think that it is a bit of a um uh they are like antithesis of each other so like the tower is i don't want to say it is the inverse of the lighthouse going into the ground instead of above ground but i do think that they are they end up becoming opposites at that point to where it's she is in the like nega lighthouse if you will if you'll allow that the anti-lighthouse um i won't but we can continue anyway <laughs> uh yeah I, I think that's kind of what what it is is it is the um the literal and metaphorical or i guess the literal and figurative opposite of the lighthouse at that point especially yeah. at that point and whereas yeah, it, well, it's, it, it's like like even very in a very literal and mechanical sense like the light instead of the light being at the top spinning around the light is at the bottom you know under the you know under the ground and like in in all in all ways literal and figurative it is it is sort of the the inverse of the lighthouse yeah and if i'm right in that being the exit to area x or at least the exit that the clones take to escape it kind of works as an opposite to um whereas the lighthouse functions as a as something that is supposed to lead the ships into shore uh is supposed to be a guiding light to bring them in um safely to port the light at the bottom mm-hmm. of the staircase is supposed to be a guiding light to lead them out of area x that's at least my theory mm-hmm. to it but there's something that's keeping her from being able to do do that completely and i'm thinking it is the corruption that area x has placed on her that the change that has overcome her so maybe the clones are for lack of a better term pure and that's why they can well they're yeah that maybe they're more human and she is at this point um 
this is going to sound harsher than I intended, but a creature of Area X, you know? Yeah. Like, she is, she is transformed such that she is not, maybe no, no longer able to live in the the environment outside of Area X. Maybe maybe that's kind of what's going on there. Yeah, and I think she's... Because there is, while Area X is expanding, there is still, at this point in the in the the the, the story in the world a, a very definite and like hard barrier between uh the, the the outside normal world such that it is in the the area x world yeah that being said though i do think that area x exists in a separate reality or maybe a separate space and time of the real world despite sharing a a, a physical space there is like a different kind of like what's the term is it like a nominal space i, I don't know exactly because i don't know i don't know physics um because with the husband and him and the other scientists their their trip north uh, up the coast past the lighthouse it took them seven days before they decided to turn around and by all accounts they should have crossed the border out of area x on the northern end at that point but they didn't and it seemed like it just kind of kept going and going and going but when they came back it only took them four days to get back and that is you know that's a fracture in in space time that you know it's just they weren't slow walking for the seven days and then jogging back for and that's why it took four days it was a it, it's implied that they were going at more or less the same pace there and back but there is a three-day difference and like i said if you're traveling for seven days going straight north for how big they say Area X is allegedly supposed to... I don't remember if we're given an exact estimate of how big Area X is, but they'd have they'd have come out of the, the border by then. So Area X, I think, exists in its own kind of like... Like I said, forgive me if this is not the right term, but like its own nominal space that exists within maybe the same world that we live in, but it exists on a different plane of that world. And once you enter that plane through the barrier, because the, the psychologist, when she's talking to her, um, implies that the barrier is not exactly what the biologist thinks it is and if she knew the truth of it the truth of what the barrier is what the border is and how they got there it would make her go mad so I'm thinking that there is some, some maybe a little stargating going on you know it, something something kind of similar so I, I don't know I think yeah, they're on a different kinda... plane of reality that is, I think that's, that's probably true I, at first I was a little unsure but yeah, I think I, you kind of convinced me there by the end. I think there, and reminded me of things. Yeah, I think there is definitely part of the the nature of Area X is distorting the the normal laws of physics there. Yeah, so I, I think that yeah, the, the only reason why the clones can leave is because they are a a purified clone of the subjects of Area X, and the originals uh, either kill themselves in the process or are like the biologist and her husband in which they just kind of accept their fate uh that they are going to be part of area x for whatever of their lives are left and they just concede to become a part of it in one way or another um so yeah i think that's why she can't that's why she can't continue down the stairs and why she realizes that if she does she'll die because as she as she goes closer to the exit of area x her she is 
her life force is now a part of it. She is now as much a part of Area X as any other creature that she's encountered, any other plant life she's encountered. So as she gets closer and closer to the exit, her tether to that life force is being pulled thinner and thinner until eventually that point where she thinks that she would die before she gets there is when it gets snapped entirely. So I, that's my theory, at least. Yeah, I, I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, so she turns her back and thinks it's time to leave, but she realizes she has to go back through the, the crawler in order to leave. And the crawler doesn't care about her at all. She's able to go past it as she skirts along the wall just fine. But she turns to look at it as she's leaving, and she realizes that it also has been looking at her. And what she sees now looking at it is what she thinks is the face of the lighthouse keeper. And that's why I think that the thing that kept her alive was her having the picture of the lighthouse keeper. It realizing kind of like what kind of person she was and seeing that her holding the picture of the lighthouse keeper, him seeing himself once again and seeing her with his picture is I think it kind of had like a moment of humanity that allowed him, the, the crawler to, I guess, deem her unworthy of killing however you want however you want to word it and that's what saved her i think i that's why i think the picture of the lighthouse keeper in her pocket is the thing that saved her because i don't think there's anything specific about her or the anthropologist that clearly like separates them enough on a level that that whatever this creature is would look at one and look at the other and be like i'm gonna kill you but i'm gonna let you live i think it's purely the fact that she had that photo and i i have something else for it as well uh and i i think that's why she lived purely i think that is that that was essentially the gate pass past the crawler uh but yeah um i i am curious as to what could have happened to him to lead him to this fate uh but maybe maybe it's not him because i did say that i think that the tower is the literal and figurative opposite of the lighthouse so maybe it's not the same lighthouse keeper. Maybe the actual lighthouse keeper died years ago. And what is down here, what the crawler is, is another kind of clone esque of the lighthouse keeper. But it's the it's the it's the it's the the tower keeper, I guess. I I th- I'm inclined to believe, just like I believe, like the the dolphin may be the husband, and the 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 shrieking creature was once human. I think it. That is just kind of that. That is the uh, the lighthouse keeper, or was the lighthouse keeper? However you want to look at it. Yeah, whether I it think, was. I actually... think because, especially because of the function, his function is the same in the inverse lighthouse slash tower as as it essentially was in the lighthouse. I think that that does speak to a a. Uh, there, there, there's just the similarity there. I think would imply that he is in fact a crawler. Yeah, which whether or not he is the crawler or if his clothes the crawler doesn't really change. I guess what I feel and what my my point would be. It it doesn't really end, add much. It, it doesn't change anything other than I guess a little bit of context as to like whether or not I think it's him or not. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, I think yeah he's been warped one way or the other into this function of being the the gatekeeper of instead of the lighthouse and the ships coming in. Uh, of this inverse lighthouse and the, the the ships and the ships in this case being the clones or the people in general going out so yeah, it, it is a warped kind of anti uh, function of his original cause um, so that was interesting I guess but yeah all that's left yeah. 
Okay. All that's left in terms of the actual plot is her saying that she went back to the lighthouse, wrote all of this out, and plans to continue north. Not necessarily after her husband. She's not looking for him, and she does not expect to find him. But the idea that she is going where he's gone, and maybe that she might find a trace of him, comforts her and allows her to feel like she is on the right path, and she is not necessarily alone anymore. And she ends by saying, I will not be returning home. And that's the end of the book. Um, but, oh, I, I should also say, she puts the lighthouse, the, she puts the picture of the lighthouse keeper back in this frame, but she puts an, I, I think there, I, I guess there was a circle around his head before when she found it, and I think maybe that's why she said that she doesn't think she was the first person to take it. Um, she adds another circle around his head, and I think that kind of creates, and I, I think she says this as well, that it creates a somewhat kind of cyclical nature of it. Yeah, she does, because she says that, she, you know, maybe, maybe the 13th expedition's already here, maybe they've seen her, maybe they haven't maybe she'll see them and it's just kind of gonna the cycle is going to repeat itself it doesn't matter if it's if she, if she's actually been the 12th expedition the 30th the 100th it doesn't matter you know it's basically just a cycle and now she is just she has completed her cycle and is now the next spin of the wheel yeah so yeah that's kind of that's kind of it she has returned she has returned the lighthouse keeper back to the lighthouse um and now the only people that can continue down in the tower safely are the people that are either uh you know deemed worthy by the the, the area is spitting out themselves or someone that's deemed worthy by the lighthouse keeper because they pass the they have the they pass through the which is the picture itself it's you bring the lighthouse keeper with you because the light oh, 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 oh i got it 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 so okay whether or not the lighthouse keeper is the crawler doesn't matter what matters is that so the lighthouse keeper exists to keep the lighthouse functioning so that it can guide the ships in safely to shore right so she took the lighthouse keeper with her with the picture the lighthouse keeper is the reason why she got past the crawler like i said but the reason why is not necessarily because the lighthouse keeper is the crawler it's because she had the lighthouse keeper with her and the lighthouse keeper is what brings ships safely to shore it is what is the barrier of safety between between life and death for for sailors coming in and because she had the lighthouse keeper with her in their pocket with the picture it's because he was the one that let her safely through the lighthouse past the crawler towards the exit but it was her being contaminated that was able to stop her from going out completely so it's it is the lighthouse keeper but it's 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 the picture is the representation of him it is the it is the metaphor of him doing his duty in the lighthouse by being in her pocket the picture of him in her pocket it functions as the same thing as him having the light on in the lighthouse and her being the ship coming in the shore, and that's why she does it. And that might have been a really, really long-winded, not really well-explained of my point, and maybe just me saying the same thing but in a different way, because it's still, at the end of the day, is me saying that her having the picture is what did it. But it's the why. I think it's the why that changed. Why the picture is what saved her. It's because she had the light key, the lighthouse keeper lead her safely. Does that make sense? Did I, did I, did I explain that well? No, that was great. Um, that was really good. That was probably the most uh, cogent thing any either of us have had to say about this book yet. Um, but yeah, I think I think I think you're dead on. Honestly, yeah. I think that that makes a lot of sense. Awesome. Yeah, that, that's that's. I mean, that's the story. I mean, it's there's not really much more to go on unless we read the books, the other books, and in the series. And maybe I will down the line, but I don't really have a burning urge to personally. Yeah, I, I, I think I'm good for now. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
I don't know. I don't really have much else to say. Do you have anything you want to you want to talk about about the book before we we get to wrap up? Um, no. I think I think I think that's pretty much it. All right. So, final thoughts on Annihilation. All right. Uh, so, final thoughts. Book is not bad. Just didn't work for me. Um, I think I think a lot of <clears throat> I think there was it was parts of it there were aspects of it that were very admirable um i thought like the it was interesting like the idea of like a, a female-led uh science fiction uh story i thought i think that was that's that's a good thing um certainly uh there's i the, like the writing about like the the ecological section if if you're really into that kind of thing you know maybe that's that's a good reason why you might want to pick it up uh, I don't know. I mean, it, it's it is what it is. I mean, I think I think the personally, and maybe this isn't fair, but I'm I'm just gonna say it anyway. I I definitely enjoyed the film better. Um, if you've seen the film, film is distinct enough that like there are there are crossover elements that I didn't really want. I didn't want to bog our time, you know, trying to be like, oh, in the movie it was this, and in the book it was that. Uh, I, I think it's different enough that it's it's uh, it's it's worth looking into if you're cur- if you're at all curious about it. Um, but I, I, in my opinion, I think uh, the book or the the move the film uh, was was much better executed. Uh, but you know, not bad, pretty good. Uh, generally, I think I think uh, I think if you're into sci-fi and, and and weird fiction um you know i think that that's that's a, there's a chance that you would like this so i don't know overall it was, it was it was the book it wasn't bad it just uh didn't really grab me yeah um i haven't seen the movie but my my thoughts after finishing the book was basically like yeah i can see how this this was made into like a pro- probably two hour long movie uh i, I totally get it and I, I do think that it definitely it seems like it would function well as an adaptation so i i, I will here's, check out the movie here's one, one one thought about maybe maybe it, it it did some feel somewhat undercooked to me uh one thing we 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 haven't mentioned about this book or at least i don't think we have uh was uh this book and its two sequels were all released in the same calendar year wow really um, maybe even within eight eight months or something like that um so so like it was it was the the idea behind it was it was kind of to create like an almost netflix binge like situation for uh the literary world and i think maybe that's part of why it doesn't quite work because there's there's parts of it that you know like like dusty has mentioned like the uh the the story is kind of interesting uh at least in the abstract like the plot points are kind of interesting the the mysteries it just like there it but it, it the the execution is not it doesn't it doesn't quite it's less than the sum of its parts and maybe maybe it might have benefited from made from a from another pass or another something you know during the during the the creative process I didn't know that they all came out in the same year. Uh, I, I I don't know if it would technically fall under this category. I don't know where the line is, 
but it definitely felt more like a kind of novella instead of an actual novel. Yeah. It's under 200 pages. Uh, that's true. Pages. It, is, it is pretty short, relatively speaking. Yeah, so I, I don't know if it, uh, if it would qualify or not, but it definitely, yeah, to, to your comment about your comment about it it feeling undercooked um it it might be because of just generally how short it is it does it does move relatively quickly so yeah i i I don't know i i feel like i don't know if it's because of the story itself or because of how much fun i just had over the last hour or so talking about it but i i definitely I, i had maybe i'm feeling a little stronger about it now than i did when I finished it earlier, but um, I definitely feel like I had more fun talking about it now than I did reading it. Which, once again, is it's not it's not a, a, a slight on the book itself. It's just more so my personal like re- response to the book because it is well written, it's well paced, and it's got good ideas. It's like you said, it just didn't land with me personally. I I did not hate it. I did not love it. I thought it was fine. I don't regret reading it, and I would recommend it if it's something that it fits. Uh, a niche that you're you're into it's just you know it's one of those things it's you know i like uh i, I don't know it, it's like if you like all of these different toppings on pizza but then when you put all of those toppings on the same pizza you don't and and, and then you don't like the pizza anymore because all of the toppings didn't necessarily mesh well together you liked all the toppings individually but it was once you put them all together it just kind of it it became something that was not the sum of its parts and just didn't really or maybe, work. Maybe you like all the toppings and the toppings are okay together, but you don't like the sauce and they didn't cook it long enough. It's a yeah. little doughy. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where the metaphor went, but I, I think that's kind of where I'm at with it. Where it's like I I like a lot of the things the lot a lot of the individual pieces of the book, um, but when you put it all together, I I it. I don't like it as much. I guess I, I, I like it more for its parts than the sum of its parts, I guess. I'm just I'm just amused by uh, two, two American guys trying to describe something. So imagine a pizza. So imagine this food. Yeah, right. I, I've been craving pizza for the last couple of days. I don't know if you can tell. But no, I, uh, I thought it was a good I, book. I thought it, objectively it was a good book. It's just subjectively I didn't think, I didn't like it as much as I felt like I should have. Yeah. Which is a which is a comment on me rather than a comment on the book or Jeff Vandermeer himself. Yeah, I agree. All right, well, you know, thank you everybody for listening to the Sad Boys Book Club. Um, I guess we'll, we'll see you next time. Take care.